Hello, and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. On today's episode, we speak with Abby Spiker, co-founder and CEO of Northwest Media Collective, an award-winning web and marketing agency based in Vancouver, Washington. With a degree in photography and digital media, Abby followed her passion for problem solving and founded Northwest Media Collective to help others find simple solutions to their digital needs. With an emphasis on understanding the big picture, Abby and her team develop in-depth scopes of work for their clients, and Airtable has been a big help. Abby shares a few sample bases that truly demonstrate the versatility of Airtable. Not only does she use it for the day-to-day operations of her business, but in her home life as well. She first shares with us her babysitting tracker, where her babysitter can submit via an online form her hours spent babysitting and how many kids she was watching. Abby is then able to easily see how much she owes at the end of each week. Next, Abby shows us her high-low estimator, where she has emulated the estimating tools found in some project management systems, such as Liquid Planner. She is able to enter the low and high ends of a time frame for a particular task and calculate the price for each scenario. Last, we check out an example of a project plan Abby created using Airtable's page designer blocks. She works around the one-page limitation by using one block for each page and ends up with a beautifully laid out scope of work. Check out the show notes to learn more about Abby and Northwest Media Collective. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you here. And I figured we'd just start with a little bit about who you are and what you do out in Vancouver. Okay. Well, I am the CEO of a a digital marketing agency, Northwest Media Collective. And we do... um, I guess our specialty is web design, but we've expanded quite a bit into marketing and search engine optimization and really heavily focused on the content marketing and content creation side of things and the data research, competitive audits, and all of those areas. And then we also work with kind of a network of contractors. So we do video production and and commercial photography as needed to kind of go along with our client projects like websites. Awesome. That's super cool. So so that's you're really diving into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make a like successful website run well. Yeah, yeah, we've got a team of there's about 11 of us now and we've got developers and designers and project managers and just kind of uh focus on WordPress and really getting down to the technical side of making just about anything happen that you need on the website. Absolutely. Yeah, it's and it's great. And I'm sure Airtable plays a large role in fitting those p- pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, and you're the co-founder? Yep, I'm the co-founder. So Travis Buck is my business partner and my life partner. And we've been just running with this company for about seven years. And we were just voted uh, best in business for marketing this year and web oh, design last year. So congratulations. Uh, thank you. That's awesome. That's super, super cool. So how did you, uh, like, what was kind of your foray into the industry? Like, like, were you always in web development? I have a degree in digital media and professional photography, and that sort of put me on the track. I managed a 
production company when I moved to uh, Portland, Oregon from California, where I went to school. And when I moved to Oregon, I ended up managing a production company and they also had several dot-coms. So lightbulb.com was one that I managed and that kind of got me into e-commerce and AdWords and we did little website updates here and there. And then um, somebody that I was doing a video for, it was uh, WordPress versus Drupal and they were just doing this video for fun. And this woman's like, oh, you should really learn WordPress. And, you know, it took me, took me a month just to figure out how to install it and start using it. But then I built some really ugly, terrible looking sites and learned a lot as I went and then eventually got um, my business partner and I met because we were both hired to, we didn't know each other, but the marketing person for Clark County thought it would be a good idea to hire him as a developer for a website and me as a designer, which usually don't hire two companies. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that he really knew all the code stuff and I was very focused on the user experience and the visual um, side of it. So we've been able to do well in that kind of balance. That's great. So it definitely like the best of both worlds kind of collided here for that. Mm -hmm. That's great. And and so I'm interested, do you use a lot of your art background in your technology world? Like as myself as an artist and like a developer, I find a lot of parallels and I think it's a really interesting topic to dive into. I mean, I think I do. I, I certainly always think about, I don't know, just things looking nice and framing and lighting and even as it plays into, you know, picking stock photos or making decisions that are going to impact the look of a person's website, you know, how things are in the natural world, how they're going to be in the online world, there can be parallels there. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're, um, for, for, as far as stock photos go, just random question, are you taking any of those pictures yourself? Or do you have a library of photos that you've taken? Um, it depends on the project. I mean, we're doing a big e-commerce overhaul and because I did the lightbulb.com, I've done thousands of parts photography. So we did, you know, we did about 150 uh, product photos and we went to their facilities and took pictures of the, the welders working and that kind of thing. But then, you know, a lot of times we've just got a iStock account and so we can just use photos as needed in there or backgrounds or, or vectors or, you know, there's always some kind of stock. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so how is Airtable playing a role in your business day to day? I'm sure that's a very loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the running joke around my office is I, you know, the number of times I've said Airtable on Slack, they did some kind of you know search and <laughs> many many times because I think Airtable can solve all the things, mm-hmm. and and indeed it does help in a lot of ways. Um, and I think for me because I'm not really a developer and I but I do understand WordPress and I understand databases, but it wasn't really until Airtable that kind of the way those things relate clicked for me because it's more visual and more intuitive and less code and letters and shapes on a screen. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I love the way it visually lays out how a database is structured. It does allow you to really kind of wrap your head around it in a new way. Yeah, and it's hard to. I feel like it's it's almost hard to even communicate that value though to to clients or people. But as you know, as needed, they can use it. In the meantime, we can make make use of it. I have like a list of you know we use it for content planning. Um, that's social media, editorial calendars, uh, managing writers, proposals and estimates, and um, audits and internal client information files and 
keeping track of contractor skill sets. That's a big one. Like somebody asked, you know, I used to, you know, I, I love video. I have a background in video, but I don't usually take on the actual video production work myself, mm -hmm. but because of my experience in it, it I, I understand that there's a broad, um, types of skill sets and price points and different people for different jobs. So I've started to kind of take notes on the contractors in Airtable or even sometimes have them fill out a form themselves. And then when a, when a colleague wants an aerial photographer, I can just set up the view, send them the link, and there they've got, you know, five different ones to choose from. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's great. So yeah, everything from organizing who you're working with to who you're working for, it's, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And one thing that uh, you had mentioned that I was really interested in was how you, you said that Airtable helps you make cleaner scopes of work. And I think that I just, I'm, that's a topic I want to know a lot more about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was even reluctant to even go in there into that conversation today because I feel <laughs> like it's still a mess in terms of, but that's the cool part about Airtable is that you can, you know, clean up and refine as you go. So what I found is that we've really, um, we t I personally take proposals very seriously. Sometimes it's a lot of hours that go into them. We're really clear in writing out what we're doing and all of the details so that there's nothing left, no questions left unanswered. But what that results in is like a 15 page proposal with a lot of words. And what happens then is a lot of the main you know, the meat of what we're doing or what we need to be aware of gets kind of buried in there. So, um, so I've started to use, and also then when we're doing really custom SEO work, there's just, there's so many different types of services and different levels of services that we can offer that, um, that Airtable lets us kind of make those choices and spit out numbers that we can then transfer into the proposal. But then also we can give kind of the overview sheet, both to our internal team and then to our clients. That's awesome. And are you using the page designer block for that? Yep, I did. I've used that. So we've done that a few times and it's, it looks really nice. And, but it's also a little bit cumbersome because when you go onto the multi-page, the pagination thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm hoping that that's something they'll pay more attention to very soon. I mean, they've <laughs> made a couple improvements lately, but like I definitely, uh, to, multiple pages, and being able to grab it, like, like automate grabbing the PDF and just attaching it to the record. Right. Yes. Download one at a time yeah. and then group them. <laughs> yeah. That's a little silly, but. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's great. Um, so I just lost my question. I'm sorry. We'll have that's to edit that part out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So when you're, are you structuring that database in a way that it's like, you have your clients and then the main goal and then is it like each table? Do you have multiple tables going of like, you know, these are the things, the events that happen and these are the things that need to happen for each. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we've got varying levels of depth in terms of are there sets and subsets and mm -hmm. right. Because for example, for SEO, you've got, you know, what locations are you targeting? Who are your competitors? Um, what are your KPIs? What's your current, stats, you know, gathering all of that information kind of makes sense to be in different tables, but then you got to pull them into the one table to do the summary. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so SEO is something that's way over my head. Like, can you, are you able to give like a elevator pitch of like the most important things 
to think about with that, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've done SEO for a number of years and a few years ago, I really didn't like it because it was, it felt like, you know, this is what you have to do. You got to decide in your keywords, you got to put it in there. Who cares? Just get the words in there. That's the whole point of it. And it just felt really uninspired. And, but then, you know, we met someone who's now leading up our marketing and SEO department and she presented it in such a way that now I'm really excited talking about it because basically you can, you know, I love data and you can take, um, you can take information, for example, what keywords are driving people to your competitors websites. So then you have a list of keywords that people are searching and then using to click and get there. And then you can look at that information and you can see which of those keywords are relevant to you, which of those keywords are not too terribly competitive because if you have a brand new website with a low domain authority, you could write all day, every day about, I don't know, HVAC and never come up on page one, but there could be a lot of longer tail keywords that are potentially even more likely to lead to an actual customer, like, I don't know, hire an HVAC company or something along those lines. And, mm -hmm. and you can target that information and then um, come up and search much sooner and then there's things like, you know, featured snippets at the top of Google when you search for something. Mm -hmm. There's things you can do to target those. That's ranking in position zero, it's called. And then just below that, there's people also ask. So these questions that people are already asking. So you can try to rank in those areas and you can get a lot of traffic. But you can also use that information to see what people are actually asking. And then right. it goes into the technical side of H1s and, you know, putting your keywords in the H1 and secondary words. and h2s and just just a long list of technical stuff but once you get all the content and then you get backlinks which are uh, links to your website from someone else and google sees that as a vote of confidence so they're going to be more likely to um, show your website if you have a lot of backlinks compared to someone else that nobody's linking to so content and backlinks Sorry, oh that my goodness no no i'm it's fascinating to me seriously and and you know your stuff i can definitely <laughs> tell it's a, it's just so much to remember and that's just one small pick like portion of websites and of the world wide right. web which mm -hmm. it's so impressive to me that you've built this well-oiled machine it's great <laughs> um so i'm interested so we talked about uh how airtable is helping you at work but there's also another part that you had mentioned to me about uh, how it helps you at home as well. You want to talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So when I think about my Airtable at work, I've got about, I don't know, 300 bases and, you know, probably 20 of them get used regularly and they're all sort of extra tabs and I start duplicating and yeah, it's kind of a mess. But then when I thought, well, what would I talk about here? I was thinking of my air or my babysitting Airtable because it's just clean and it's nice. And I think it's a small enough focus that it, it allowed me to kind of dial in some of the parts of it. So basically what happens is I'm, you know, I'm very busy. I have a babysitter. I used to babysit when I was growing up and I feel like I kept track of my own hours. Anyways, I can't keep track of someone's hours and, and how much to pay them. And then it, it compounded the issue when my, my sister's kids were going to be watched part of the time. So then we're going to pay the babysitter two different rates and sometimes she'd have, so sometimes she'd have two kids, sometimes she'd have four kids. So I basically just gave her this, you know, little form that says, you know, date, how many hours with two kids, how many hours with four kids, you know, any notes or comments, and she would just submit it. And she happily did that every day. And then it would just calculate 
exactly how much my sister owes me and how much I owe the babysitter. And then I can log the, the payments and, um, and then there was something with the different views. So if, if I haven't paid, then they go into this view of unpaid and then those views I can, you know, I can add those. This is really not coming out the way it is in my brain. No, but, no, totally. But yeah. I, then it's easy to kind of add the things that haven't been paid yet in and yeah, super clean and tidy. No, that's perfect. I think yeah. I would have loved to have something like that when I was babysitting <laughs> when I was younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all, it was mostly just me waiting around and for them and awkwardly standing there until they like maybe hand me $20. <laughs> yeah. And then Venmo, right? So I never even, and I mean, it felt a little weird, like here, fill out this form, but it worked. And then she could put little notes, which was good because I wouldn't always see her because she, they'd go to my parents next. And so mm-hmm. it's a good way to kind of stay in touch a little bit. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, do you have any other plans for um, future Airtable bases or something that's in the works? Always, I guess my focus for this year, one of my main focuses is, you know, process, repeatable processes. I mean, that's like a continual need, but to really focus on those more. And then because once you have those, you can refine them better. And I think Airtable is a great great way to do that and then the other thing that I'm that we haven't really implemented in a consistent way is just flagging and learning from each project so I want to do like project flags so we might have like a for example we had a website that took the client brought it to us and it took two days to migrate it because it was so big and no automatic migrations would work and and we didn't flag that so then we went to launch their large website after making some changes to it it took you know, a while and we hadn't really anticipated that. So just having those types of flags that you review at every milestone, but then also flags that you learn, you know, like industry specific flags. So things that are relevant for attorneys, for example, you can kind of build this um, repository of insights and helpful information for future projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like things with like law changes and anything pertaining to your industry, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So did uh, did everyone in your team kind of like jump on board right as soon as they saw it as well? Well, oddly enough, my developers don't think Airtable can just solve all the world's problems or <laughs> every website need. Uh, <laughs> but it was one of my developers that brought it to my attention to begin with. And definitely, I would say marketing and SEO were using it a lot, even more than um, Basecamp, which we use for project management. Yeah. Yep, I've actually dabbled in Basecamp a little bit myself recently. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's basic, but we went through a whole process. We moved to a new project management system, and we're like, oh, this sucks. And then we found uh, EverHour. So one of the issues was time tracking. And so now that we have this EverHour uh, Basecamp integration, it works pretty well for nice. the time tracking we need to do. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I bet. So... Just I'm interested more in like, um, so you, you mentioned like your clients are like, you'd have like a light, like HVAC or a photographer or anything. Is it just all sorts of industries? Just anything? Um, that's kind of what we've been doing, but we're, I would say we're moving more towards somewhat more established businesses that are looking for longer term, you know, we like the long term partners, the websites we build just take a a lot of hours and so there needs to be budget to account for that and so we find that we've done quite a bit uh, with engineering companies and then um, construction you know larger construction companies that manage 
teams of people. So that's nice. maybe becoming a niche, but also manufacturing. So yeah, it's still pretty broad. It's it's so cool. And I mean, it, that kind of echoes to a point like Airtable as well, because it can right. fit so many boxes and uh, industries. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I, that, it must be really cool to get to learn about all these different industries as you're diving into their websites as well. That's Yeah, that's like one of my favorite parts about it is just really, really getting to understand their business and feeling like this part of their team. And of course, we stay a part of their team. But I also know that that's fleeting because once the website's done, then we go into kind of a different different mode. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really cool, though. Um, so I'm excited to see more about what you've done with Airtable, if you want to share your screen. Okay, sure. All right. So these are kind of the different ways that um, I know you want me to show you Airtable, but these are the different ways that, I, that I'm using it. So for content planning, um, for proposals and estimates, um, for um, like competitive keyword audits, uh, content audits, social media audits, um, internally, client information, pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the babysitting share. So I don't know. Um, do I have time to show you a couple or should we just yeah. pick one? Absolutely. Okay, let's start with the babysitting share. So basically what would happen is as far as the babysitter is concerned, she will just fill in this form and it will also timestamp when she filled it in, but she can put the date here. You know, let's say here we did three hours and two hours. And then... And that's it. That's all she has to do. Then on the back end, we go to full view. Um, you can see this is kind of logging lots of things. So we've got, you know, the number of hours with one to two kids, three to four kids, the timestamp, and then it's calculating how much, um, how much she should get for the two kids and how much for the four kids. And then it's adding that up, $52. And then I changed it to my friend. I don't know why I was getting this ready, but I thought it was maybe more relatable, but basically this would be how much my sister would owe me um, for her kids. And so, you know, it's doing the formula. So she was giving an extra, you know, $6 per hour there. Um, And then when I go to pay the babysitter, I would just come in here and the date. And I can just come in here. This was a cool thing. So what I found is the more... um, the more time logs I had, the more difficult it got to choose which ones I was uh, needing to add. So this is set to limit record just to the unpaid hours only. And so if we come back over here, we've got unpaid hours and that's filtering where the date the babysitter was paid is empty. So if there's no date, they haven't been paid. So then I can come in here and normally I would just pay any unpaid hours. Oh my gosh, I've got to get them all in. and it's adding them up in there so now it's just you know here's how much the babysitter this can go away so now I know I got to pay her 380 bucks I just click on Venmo send her 380 bucks and just because I could I uploaded like a screenshot of the Venmo payment right Um, no that's perfect that's it super creative and I love the the limiting it to a view thing that's I'm so happy that they came out with that that's been super helpful and you definitely very creative way I really like it yeah so that's That's that that's super cool so the thing that I 
would say I was, I'm really happy with and that I've used it the most for is my low high estimator, I call it, because when I, let's say about 10 years ago, I was working with someone and um, he introduced me to Liquid Planner. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's like, it's like a hundred bucks a month per user, or maybe it's 50, but it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, but it has this cool feature where you can estimate time on a low end and a high end, and it kind of averages it out, right. which I find to be really useful because we always seem to go over or under time in different areas. So if we break a project up into small enough pieces um, and do kind of a low and high end estimate and then average that out, it's, it helps us get fairly close to, you know, a correct estimate. Mm -hmm. And there's just, um, when it comes to robust projects like, um, you know, adding e-commerce functionality and Google Shopping to an existing website. There's so many parts from design, testing, wireframes, payment processing, um, and just many hands touching it. And so if in the past, I would kind of just based on feeling and experience assign a number, but, but as our projects get bigger, that gets, you know, riskier and riskier and harder to actually do. So this forces us to be realistic and say, yeah, it really is going to take, you know, 300 hours to do that project. So. Right. No, that's awesome. And so, yeah, liquid planner. So this is kind of like your version of liquid planner in a way. Yeah. So, and this, and we can do it a couple different ways. So if um, we have about 120 clients on maintenance plans. And so a lot of times it's not always a full website build. A lot of times they want to, um, I don't know, they want to add a events calendar to their website. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so there may be, you know, a variety of things involved. You might have to do the discovery, research plugins, test and theme, you know, that kind of work. And so our developers can help like estimate that stuff. They can say probably three to six hours. We could fill the rate in later. Um, and then, there's probably the setup, and so we can put, you know, set up the plugin. This is really rough, but let's just say five to ten hours. There's the project management and communication side. So that's, you know, we think it's going to take three weeks, an hour, a week of meetings, and, you know, so let's say six to nine, six to nine, because you got meetings and email. I mean, so an event calendar really wouldn't take that this long, but it would add up with all the different pieces. So right now I'm tagging it. Um, I'm using this pre-fill. Mm -hmm. I just added this this morning when I was like, oh, I got to make this better. But <laughs> use the pre-fill so it tags it new because what was happening is when I go to the table, I would do a different view per client, but I'd have to then create the client view and then I don't know. It, it just seemed like it added an extra step. This way, now it's new. I can just change it from new to the client Perfect. without having to set it every time. And they'll both show. I know what you mean. All the little intricacies of Airtable and why you need to do certain things. It's yeah. sometimes hard to explain. With the views and, and all of that. So now, you know, we can see once I put in the, the hourly rate, mm -hmm. then we've got kind of the low end, the high end the total. And typically what we'll do is we'll, we'll give an estimate and then we'll say, but not to exceed. So if the estimate were 5,500, which we would do an event calendar for much less than that, but if it were, then we'd say, you know, 5,500 not to exceed, 
potentially as high as the high end, you know, we kind of use that as a, a base base point to right. the plan. But they get, yeah, quite quite long and elaborate. And and I've yeah, I've played with different ways of taking it a step further then where you've got I can show you maybe in the I'm gonna show you in the, the scope of work document, but I don't know. Oh yeah, this is what I was playing with then. The idea would be to take it a step further and instead of just having the grid with the pricing, we can just add in um, the different like packages different packages and a lot of times we'll have you know required things we can't do this without the wireframe and we can't do it without the you know planning but we could do it without the logo refresh so people want you know they're like oh why don't you give me three different options you know well this does make it a little bit easier because you can kind of set the stuff as optional and and you can take stuff out if you're trying to um, hit certain price points and just kind of that's what I really like is being able to just play with the the numbers or what's included in order to to present some options exactly yeah that's great and, and I think you definitely have done a really good job of emulating that liquid planner feature because I have used liquid planner quite a bit and yeah yeah and that, that I, I did like that feature about it a lot because it gave you a good idea of what you're aiming for and mm -hmm. you definitely captured that here great um, one thing I I guess we talked on this, I don't know if it was during this, uh, the interview, but our proposals, because we do fairly robust uh, marketing plans and websites and all of that, uh, they've gotten really long and they're very thought through and very intentional and everything's in there for a reason. However, you know, they end up being 15 pages of words and, and then what ends up happening is even though I put lots of time into that, it's hard for the development team to know what pieces to to extract for their needs. It's hard for the client maybe to know. My fear is that like the meat of what we're doing for them is getting lost. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we've, I've used this a few times and it's, it's worked well, but I haven't, haven't done it as much as I would like to yet. But um, these sort of scope of work documents using the page builder. And so, and I just put some dummy information in here, kind of changed some of it around, but this could in theory be like a list of multiple proposals right now. I just have it narrowed down to the one. Right. Um, and it's the page builder, right? So it's got to pull the pieces all from a single tab. So I've got the SEO tab. Some things are added in here manually. Most of them are being brought in with a lookup, lookup field or something along those lines. Um, and then one cool thing, we do a lot of uh, competitive keyword audits. And so if I want the SEO report or the SEO plan to include a list of competitors that we may then in the future use for doing auditing, we already are kind of set up with a place to start to track that information. Right. And so to just kind of give you an idea of what we have here. So we've got kind of a proposal overview. This is, you know, all the key information, how much it's going to cost what we're doing in recurring versus one-time services. And then, yeah, this is a pagination thing that's annoying because you kind of have to go into each one, but maybe not forever. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> and then, and the other thing that I found, and I've worked with a variety of SEO companies and we do most of the stuff in-house now, but we still work with sometimes, you know, with a third-party company to do some of the lower end um, blogging and reporting it, sometimes works better when we add that into the mix depending on the client but even with them just the the key details just get lost so so having one place that kind of tracks the goal 
the method, the, um, the company overview, even like the target area, like where we're targeting for SEO, because even that stuff sometimes gets lost. Like, oh no, it's not Portland, it's Vancouver or, you know, so that doesn't happen with us, of course, because we're using Airtable and paying very close attention every moment. <laughs> but, uh, but this gives a nice way to kind of have everyone on the same page. And also you can even see, you know, I didn't have everything. I didn't have the client identified keywords, but at least that's called out here. So we can know um, that that's something we still need to find. We've got the competitors and a lot of times with like a competitor, competitive keyword audit, we'll get six websites from the client, but then only, you know, only a couple actually have any good organic ranking to even learn from. So this can be a way to get, you know, official approval on which ones we're going to be using for the work. We can identify what the KPIs are and our goals that we're trying to shoot for because different clients have different things that you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't do it on this one, but um, I had on a, another one where I was pulling in the original, like the baseline. So the organic traffic, bounce rate, um, all of that. So that when we then add, you know, reporting in each month, we can see how that stacks up. Yeah, and see how, it, how it's improved Oops. over time. Yeah. And, oh, and then this is really the meat of that proposal. Okay, so the recommendation. This is the part that is pretty yeah. intense. So this is the part that, you know, in the proposal, you know, we list out what is schema markup site-wide. What does that mean? Why does it matter? I mean, I think that information is extremely helpful. However, each one of these having, you know, a paragraph and some services listed next to it, is gets really big. And so this kind of shows you, okay, one-time services are going to be about $4,000 recurring. Um, monthly services are going to be 1500. And then this block time is something that we, that we've added in because there's a lot of things that either there's no true finish line or there's no, every project's different. So you don't really know how much time it's going to take, like um, cleaning up uh, technical site issues. For example, you could you could probably do 30 hours a month forever and still be working on that kind of thing. So we kind of allocate, okay, 10 hours a month, we're going to work on these things. We're going to use our expert judgment to, you know, put the energy where it's going to pay out, you know, pay off the best for your needs. Right. And so then it kind of just makes it crystal clear that they're going to be paying, you know, 2,600 a month ongoing and then the 4,000 one-time fee and gives them some next steps. They could schedule a call with Calendly. They could submit feedback. No one's submitted feedback with form, but they can. So I put that option in there. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, that's great. No, those are laid out super, super clean. They they look beautiful, really. Yeah. So yeah, each one of these is, of course, its own record. So it's got all the the nitty gritty within all it. the nitty gritty. Yeah, but not kind of cluttering the page so no that's perfect I and I agree I think that that's a good decision to like kind of back it up a little bit and say hey we can dive into this later but this is the overview of what you're getting mm -hmm. yeah that's really really nicely laid out thanks of course that's super super cool right well thank you so so much for sharing that with us and for yeah. taking the time to talk with me today happy to chat yeah, I'd love to learn more about what you're doing too, but I guess that's not the purpose of the <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, I would love to, I'd love to chat more with you about it for sure. Um, and yeah, no, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, and thank you, Allie. 
And where can our uh, listeners go to learn more about Northwest Media Collective? You can go to our website, northwestmediacollective.com. Excellent. All right. And we'll include that in the show notes as well. Okay, great. Thanks. I appreciate the backlink. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Abby. Have a great day. Thank you too.